welcome to this edition of Alternative News, produced by CICD. My name's Andrew, and I have with me Bevan Ramsden, a New South Wales representative of IPAN, the Independent and Peaceful Australia Network. Today we seek to debunk a number of myths about wars Australia has been involved in. We've been inspired to do this after reading the book Secret, The Making of Australia's Security State by veteran investigative journalist Brian Toohey. This book is highly informative and well worth reading. To start with, Toohey lays bare some myths about the four overseas colonial wars Australia was involved in, and he does this by taking apart former Prime Minister Julia Gillard's speech at the opening of the Chinese-Australia War Memorial in Queensland on 6th of April 2011. In that speech, she refers to these colonial wars as not only a test of wartime courage, but a test of character that has helped define our nation and create a sense of who we are. Bevan, which wars was she referring to? Well, the first one was Britain's 1885 colonial war in Sudan, followed by the Boer War in South Africa from 1899 to 1902. Then there was Britain's war in China to crush the Boxer Rebellion of 1900 to 1901. The last one, really mentioned nowadays, is Australia's involvement in New Zealand's Maori Wars, the frontier wars waged in support of the settler community against the Maori community intermittently from 1845 to 1872. What does Tui say about Australia's willingness to respond to Britain's call and join them in these wars, especially the one in Sudan? Most Australians had forgotten these colonial wars until Julia Gillard became Prime Minister and decided to instil a sense of pride in Australia's contribution to these wars. Speaking in April 2011, she called our participation in these colonial wars a test of wartime courage and character that helped define our nation. She went on to say, We live in a free country, in a largely free world, only because the Australian people answered the call when the time of decision came. Tui comments scathingly, The extravagance of Gillard's rhetoric was rivalled only by her ignorance. This 1885 expedition to Sudan had nothing to do with defending Australia's freedom, let alone that of Sudan. Rather, Britain wanted to secure its colonial control of Sudan via British-occupied Egypt and to exclude its French rival. Nor did the expedition create an enduring sense of who we are, unless Gillard meant that we are always willing to go to war no matter how irrelevant the conflict might be to Australia. Far from being a noble character in Australia's history, the Sudan adventure was a minor farce. Gillard's stirring tale of valour in battle bears no relationship to what actually happened. The New South Wales government sent the Australian soldiers there on the 3rd of March 1885. Far from being a chance to display the wartime courage that Gillard would later find so inspiring, the action was over before the Australian contingent arrived. What about the call for us to join the British in putting down the Boxer Rebellion in China? 
The Boxers, as they were known, were one of the several secret societies who in 1900 rose up against the colonial aggression perpetrated in China by Britain and other Western powers. These foreign powers demanded access to large tracts of Chinese territory and other concessions, including exemption from Chinese law. Initially, our troops were sent to help capture a Chinese fort at Pai Tang, but in an echo of the Sudan campaign, by the time they got there, the battle was over. Other Australian troops joined in an international contingent to take another fort, only to find the town had already surrendered. The Australian War Memorial History says the international column that then marched back to Tianjin, leaving a trail of looted villages behind them. This is somewhat different to Gillard's stirring tale of Australian courage on the battlefield, creating a sense of who we are, unless by that who we are meant looters. Around this same time, Australia responded to Britain's call to join its war against the Boers in South Africa. Does this support Gillard's claim that our soldiers displayed wartime courage? There was little to celebrate in that conflict. No battlefield courage was needed when Australian soldiers shot unarmed civilians who had surrendered. It was a brutal war for control of territory between the British-led troops, including Australians, and the descendants of Dutch settlers called Boers. After the British raided a Boer state in an attempt to seize recently discovered gold mines, the Boers declared war. A total of 10,000 Australian soldiers were sent to support the British, and over 500 of them died. The British set up concentration camps and interned women and children who had been forced from their homes by Britain's scorched earth policy, in which thousands of homesteads were burnt, livestock and crops destroyed. Hardly an operation which demonstrated wartime courage, or one which created a sense of who we are. But if that's really who we are, it's hardly something to be proud of. Australia's involvement in the frontier wars against the Maoris of New Zealand is not well known today. What does Tui say about this episode? These wars occurred sporadically between 1845 and 1872. About 2,500 Australian volunteers answered the call and were given the inducement of being allowed to settle on confiscated Maori lands. In part, this New Zealand conflict paralleled the frontier wars already underway in Australia, where white settlers and police, sometimes aided by British troops, suppressed Aboriginal efforts to prevent further dispossession of their land. What does Tui have to say about our involvement in the two world wars? He says that one of the lessons of World War I is that it started for no rational reason. Australian politicians sent young people off to a horrendously wasteful war when the nation's security was not at risk. He refers to the former army officer and historian Lockhart, whose research states that the British were not arguing in 1911 that Germany was any threat to Australia, instead report that year by the Committee for Imperial Defence concluded that with no more than 2,500 German troops sprinkled between German colonies in Africa and China, a German landing in Australia was to the last degree improbable. Tui mentions young people being interviewed on Anzac Day, saying how proud they are of the grandfather or great-uncle who served at Gallipoli to defend Australia. 
Tui says, They weren't defending Australia. They were helping to invade Turkey, a country that posed no threat to us. And in a crime that was covered up for decades, Australian and New Zealand troops massacred all the Bedouin males in a camp at Surafend in Palestine shortly after the 1918 armistice began. As many as a 100 were killed in the camp burnt. Prime Minister Gillard claimed in an address on Anzac Day, This was our first act of nationhood before the eyes of a watching world. But former Prime Minister Malcolm Fraser said it was absurd for a country to claim it became a nation by answering a call from another nation, Britain, to go to war where its troops were under the ultimate command of generals of that nation, Britain. Paul Keating, on the 11th of November 2013, gave a powerful rebuttal of Gillard's claim, saying, There was nothing missing in our young nation that required a martial baptism of the European cataclysm to legitimise us. We were moving through the processes of federation to new ideas of ourselves, notions of equality and fairness, suffrage for women, a universal living wage, support in old age, and a sense of inclusive patriotism. Moving on to World War II, mainstream history claims that Australia was saved from a Japanese invasion by the United States. What does Tui have to say about this? The historian David Wilde was quoted in the National Times in 1983 that Australia's wartime Prime Minister Curtin deliberately magnified the threat of a Japanese invasion to win an election. Despite the Curtin government receiving highly accurate intelligence, which indicated that invasion of Australia was never a probability, even in the early months of 1942, and was never a part of Japan's initial war plans. Further, although US naval and air support was valuable in securing supply lines in the southwest Pacific, defence analyst Andrew Ross makes a strong case that Australia's own forces would have mounted a formidable defence against any feasible Japanese invasion. President Truman, in a report to Congress in December 1946, said of Australia's role in the Pacific War, On the balance, the contribution made by Australia, a country with a population of 7 million, approximately equaled that of the United States. Tui goes on to say an impressive Australian industrial base in 1942 quickly began mass-producing ammunition, explosives, rifles, machine guns and big artillery pieces, as well as large numbers of fighter planes and ships. By the end of the war, local industry had built 2,000 combat aircraft. Tui says, It is debatable whether Australian industry today could produce an equivalent effort, particularly when modern fighter planes are so complex. However, with a current population of 25 million, Claims that Australia couldn't raise sufficient troops to defend the country makes little sense, particularly as modern surveillance techniques should be able to provide a much longer warning time than in 1942. That information stands in stark contrast to our current political leadership who say that we can't defend ourselves without the United States coming to our aid. And it's worth bearing in mind that there were no U.S. soldiers fighting alongside our troops on the Kokoda Trail when the Japanese were stopped from invading us through New Guinea. That ends our program dispelling some war myths. 
with thanks to Brian Tui and his excellent book. Good morning and thanks for listening. The Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament is a peace organisation based in Australia. Founded in 1959 at an International Peace Congress in Melbourne, CICD has actively campaigned, coordinated and facilitated anti-war protests and rallies, including the Vietnam Moratorium, Palm Sunday Peace Rallies and opposition to French nuclear testing, opposition to the Gulf Wars and East Timor intervention. Our members have also been active in campaigns as extensive as the anti-Omega protests and anti-nuclear test protests. CICD has played a leading role in Australian campaigns for peace and the reconciliation of nations over many years and many other notable campaigns. Today we are active around a variety of campaigns including opposition to nuclear proliferation and weapons of mass destruction, support for humanitarian disarmament, the protection of free speech against surveillance and intimidation, and the promotion of democratic sustainable trade policy. We are a democratic movement of people which cooperates with other peace organisations locally and internationally. CICD depends on and is grateful for our members, affiliates and supporters for our existence. CICD has worked to raise an informed and active public opinion through media programs and publications like Alternative News. The Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament endorses a non-aligned and independent foreign policy based on the establishment of friendly relations with all countries as the best guarantor of our security. The removal of all foreign military bases from our territory. The reallocation of military expenditure towards the social, educational and health needs of the people, particularly the unemployed and underprivileged. The conversion of military-related industries and employment to socially useful purposes. Independence movements and national liberation struggles throughout the world and solidarity with the Aboriginal land rights movement. The establishment of peace research institutes and peace-related curricula in schools. The Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament opposes the mining and export of uranium and any extensions of the nuclear fuel cycle in our country. Conscription and compulsory military training. On Sunday, 10th of November, at 2pm, the CICD celebrates its 60th anniversary at the Unitarian Peace Memorial Church in East Melbourne. Entry by donation. The Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament. 60 years of strengthening the peace movement. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.